Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Very often I hear this question from people. I believe in God, Pastor Mark. He's wonderful. I, I, I love to live under his authority. And then I'll say, well, what about the Bible? Well, I'm not too much into the Bible deal because that's just man's ideas. Well, that's not what God said. I mean, you can't live under the authority of God and not believe in the Bible. Because what you say is that I believe God, but I have a way to live that's better than God's way. Do you have a healthy respect for the Bible that is required to live a godly life? There's no way to obey God in your life without also submitting to the commands of His Word. Today, Pastor Mark encourages listeners to be careful not to eliminate God's Word from its rightful place in their lives. The Bible holds the truths of life, including how you might obtain salvation. Spending time with the Lord in meditation and prayer is a wonderful thing. But don't discount your spirit's need for the word in your life. How can you hold a greater reverence for his word today? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he continues with his message entitled, Who Can Enter the Kingdom of God? People are looking for answers and they don't know where to look. See, it's not important what you think. It's only important what God thinks. That's his rules. That's the way we do life right. Well, Jesus goes on and notice what he says. Verse 28. What do you think? There there was a man who had two sons. And he went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. Any of you have teenagers? Let me see your hand. Any of you have? Vera, any teenagers? Okay, you'll understand this next answer. I will not. (laughs) Pretty pretty common, isn't it? Okay, could be a two-year-old, but I will not. I will not, he answered. But notice this. But later he changed, circle that word, we'll be back to it. He changed his mind, and, underscore this word, and went. Well, then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. And he answered differently than the first son. He said, oh, I will, Dad. But he did not go. Now, what's the deal with this parable? Why is Jesus telling this? Well, he's telling it for... A reason. He's telling it for us to think. Now the vineyard always represents the nation of Israel. The father in this parable 
is God. He's the owner of the vineyard. He's the, the father has authority. He says, I have a right to expect my two sons or two daughters to work in the vineyard. I'm the authority figure. The two sons represent two groups of people. The first group of people are self-righteous. You'll fall into one of these two categories. Self-righteous means, I don't need God. I'm good enough in myself. Who did this represent in our story? Obviously, the religious leaders. We don't need God. We're good people. The second son is represented by publicans, sinners, prostitutes, just general sinners in Israel. Everybody is divided that way. Basically, they're all sinners. One doesn't think so. The other one knows so. Now, as you go through this, what are the responses we see in the story? Either obey dad or don't obey dad. Either obey God or don't obey God. Remember how simple Christianity is? God is the authority figure. Here's the rules. Either submit to God or rebel against God. Same story. Same exact story. The father is God. The sons are the religious leaders and the average person. They're both sinners. The authority says, go work. One says, I won't. Later changes his mind, does. The other one says, I will. Never goes. What are we going to learn from that? Well, very interesting. You see, the Jewish people misunderstood how to get to heaven. They absolutely believe they were good enough in themselves to get to heaven. Now, let me ask you a question today. I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. My wife, the same. A mom and a grandma. Let me tell you something. Is there anything in life more important than this? Listen, Viera, listen. Internet, listen. Is there anything more important in life than knowing where you will spend eternity? You see, I don't really care if my son makes a million bucks or my daughter's married to a guy that makes a million bucks to live in the biggest house. They're well-known throughout the world. They have perfect health. I don't care about any of that. It's okay. I mean, I want them to be good citizens. I want them to work. I want them to get educated. They both got educated. They did all those things. The only thing that's important to me and to my wife is that my son, my daughter, their spouses, and their kids, our grandkids, are in heaven. Nothing else is important. Do you understand that? Well, now think about this. What if your understanding of how to get to heaven was wrong? How crucial is that? It's the greatest disaster that could ever happen in our lives. That's what happened with the Pharisees. They thought, you'll see in a moment, they had a guaranteed access to heaven because they were good people. Jesus in the parable goes, you're wrong. You can't get to heaven with that attitude. So listen up this morning here in Vieira on the internet. Listen up. You want to know the most important question in all of life. And Jesus is going to teach us. Now, he had spoke to the Pharisees before. Matthew 5, 20, you see it. Jesus says this, but I warn you, 
talking to the general public, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, the average person went, you got to be kidding me. The scribes and the Pharisees, they have the religious garb on. They're always in the temple. They're offering sacrifices. I mean, if, if I have to be better than them, I have no chance. What did Jesus mean? He meant that the religious ceremonies of these people, it was all outward. It was ritual cleansing. But their hearts had never changed. He said, you, can, you, can, you, you got to supersede this. you got to be way better than this. He wasn't talking about doing more good things. He was talking about a heart being changed. It comes back to the same old deal of religion versus relationship. Now, turn with me. Keep your finger right there. We'll be back to chapter 20. Turn to Matthew chapter 3. Same book, Matthew chapter 3. What was Jesus trying to say? Well, we go back to John the Baptist. He confronted the religious leaders. Remember, John the Baptist came on the scene... Follow me for a moment. When he came on the scene, he came out of the wilderness, and he began saying this to the people, repent, get right with God. Well, they hadn't heard this really in Israel. All the religious activity in Israel was centered in Jerusalem by the religious leaders. You know where it transferred to? It transferred down to the Jordan River with one funky-looking prophet who said to the people, it's time to get right with God. Well, all the activity moved, and all of a sudden, all the people were down at the Jordan River. Well, the religious leaders came, and they started looking over it. John the Baptist speaks to him, looking in verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptized, and he said to them kindly, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? In other words, what the heck are you doing here? Then he said this, Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. What did he mean? Listen, watch me. Go back to this first son, second son. Second son says, I will, and does nothing. He says, you have a form of godliness, but you don't follow through. Then he goes on and he says, do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. John was attacking the very same attitude we have today. Religious concepts that say this. Why are you going to heaven? They believed they were going to heaven because they were Jews. I mean, their ancestry was from Abraham. Well, what do we believe today? Many people today say, well, why are you going to heaven? Well, I'm a good person and I'm a member of the Catholic Church. Or I've been coming to Calvary Chapel Lumber for 10 years, man. I'm going to heaven. Really? Does it have to do with the church? You know, if that was true, how about me? I mean, my dad was a pastor. (laughs) And I got one better. My grandpa was a pastor. I'm in, baby. (laughs) See, that's what the religious leaders were saying. We're Jews. Automatic free pass. Go right into heaven. What does John say to him? No, it's all outward. Prove it by change of a life. See, today the danger. You say to people, why are you going to heaven? Because I'm a good person. I belong to church. I give tithes. I've been water baptized. No, 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 no. None of those things will get you into heaven. John the Baptist was just saying to them, you're self-righteous. You think you're good enough to go? In fact, John says, 
really, God can take these stones and get them into heaven easier than you. Why? Because they already thought they had it made. Now turn back to Matthew 21, verse 29. Let's take a look at these two sons. Let's see what's really necessary to get us into heaven. This is what Jesus was teaching. Remember the first son? Verse 29. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. He changed his mind and went. He went to work to prove that his change of mind was real. Real repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of living. Write this down this morning. Real repentance leads to real obedience, a changed life. It's crucial. There needs to be a changed life. Here's one of the questions that will definitely come. Now that I'm a Christian, how come I'm still tempted? You know, the young guy goes in there, gets saved, goes up, praise God. He leaves. The next morning he's at work. Good-looking chick walks by. He goes, whoa. He goes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian now. I, I shouldn't be that. I couldn't be tempted. Oh, yes, you can. You see, what does repentance mean? It means there's a change in your life. Not perfect, but an absolute change. Now, a lot of people don't like the word repentance. If you'll watch so-called Christian TV, by the way, there's lots of good Christian TV. Charles Stanley, David Jeremiah, those guys are classic, Chuck Swindoll. I mean, they're classic people, wonderful people. Just be careful, though, of some of the Christian TV, because here's all you'll hear. How to be rich, because God wants you rich. How to live in perfect health, because no Christian gets sick. We want your money. If you didn't have enough faith... And if you never, as you watch these programs over weeks and weeks and weeks, you never hear, or go to a church, you never hear the word repentance, a red flag should go up. You know, repentance is crucial. What Jesus is saying is, you guys aren't going to heaven because you've never been sorry for your sins. The reason you've never repented, you think you're good enough. When John the Baptist started his ministry, what did John the Baptist say? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. When Jesus started his ministry, what's the first words out of his mouth? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. When Peter stood on the day of Pentecost, and he told the story of Jesus, and the Jewish people said, what should we do? What did Pete say? He said, you deserve to be rich. No, he said to them what? Repent. And they did. And that day, 3,000 people got saved. You see, repentance can't be substituted. Remember, remember the one son? What did the one son say? Yes, but did nothing. Well, now he puts this to a test. Look at verse 31. Jesus says to the religious leaders, which of the two did what the father wanted? They answered, the first. Jesus said, and I tell you the truth, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Think they like that? For John came to show you the way of righteousness. You didn't believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they did believe him. And even after you saw this, in other words, the change in their life, you did not repent and believe him. Now, what was Jesus doing with this story? 
Some of you might be out there today and go, Pastor Mario, this is a cool story. I like it, man. I actually like the part about Toronto better, but this is pretty cool. What, was Jesus just telling the story to tell a story? No, what Jesus is trying to do, he's the master teacher. He had an application. He was inviting his listeners to put themselves in the story. He was saying to the religious leaders, which son are you? Well, what about us today? Why do we study this? Because Jesus is saying to you here in Melbourne, and you in Vieira, which son or daughter are you? Are you the son or daughter that says, yeah, I love God, but you don't do anything about it? There's no change? Or are you the son of God that goes, nah, not really interested? And you keep hitting wall after wall and go, you know what? Time to turn my life over to Christ. And you do, and your life shows a dramatic change. Which son or daughter are you? See, it doesn't matter what comes out of our mouth. It's what happens with our feet. Does it match the profession? That's what Jesus was saying. He says, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the cheats. Remember the woman that came to Jesus? Caught in the very act of adultery? She repented. She had right on into heaven. Remember Zacchaeus, little Zacchaeus? Little Jewish man that cheated everybody. Jesus came to his house. He said, I'm just going to give back to those people. You changed my life into heaven. What about the religious leaders? All Jesus does is leave the door open. What will it take for the religious leaders to get there? The same as it took for the prostitutes and the tax collectors. Repent, which means I'm not good enough, and believe and then prove it by life change. As you look at yourself here in Vieira, let me ask you a question this morning. Which son or daughter are you? You see, very often I hear this question from people. I believe in God, Pastor Mark. He's wonderful. I, I, I love to live under his authority. And then I'll say, well, what about the Bible? Well, I'm not too much into the Bible deal because that's just man's ideas. Well, that's not what God said. I mean, you can't live under the authority of God and not believe in the Bible. Because what you say is that I believe God, but I have a way to live that's better than God's way. Or I'll hear this. Pastor Mark, I believe in God. Absolutely. I know there's a God. There's no question about it. Well, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart? Well, I'm not in the Jesus deal. I mean, any way is good. Just as long as you believe in God, any way is good. Well, wait a minute. The, the author, the authority, didn't say that. He said this verse that you know of, John 14. What does this verse, John 14, say? He said, Jesus is what? I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Here's the part you must understand. No one comes to God or heaven except through who? Jesus. Well, who said that? Jesus. Well, like, does Jesus think he's God? Yes. So, you... You can say with your lips, I believe in God, but any way to God is cool. You don't believe in the God of the Bible. 
See, it's not complicated, guys. God's the authority. Here's the rule book. Two choices. Do it God's way. Heaven. Do it your way. No heaven. It's not complicated. We make it complicated. God made it very simple. And Jesus is speaking to these religious leaders like, hello, do you get it? Well, what is heaven going to be like? Who's going to get there? You want to write this statement. Heaven will be totally populated by repentant and obedient sinners. That's who goes to heaven. Repentant and believing and obedient sinners. No one goes to heaven that's a good person. We're all born sinners. Now, a lot of you watching here and in VR are saying, well, that's cool, a jail guy, a drug person, guy who knows what he did, and all these people that rebelled and got in this trouble. I'm, I'm, I'm just a plain old sinner. You know what I call me? I call me a plain old vanilla sinner. <laughs> See, I, I was raised in a Christian home, never really rebelled bad. I don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew. <laughs> Only woman I ever had sex with was my wife. I'm pretty good. No, I'm just a plain old vanilla sinner, and if God's grace doesn't change me, I'm not going to heaven. By the grace of God, I didn't go down some of those roads. I thought plenty of bad thoughts. Did plenty of bad things in my mind. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Anybody here... Good enough to go to heaven on your own merits? Let me see your hand. (laughs) Guys, the reason we go to heaven and the reason God accepts us because of this verse in 2 Corinthians, old things are passed away. All things have become new. And we begin a life of riding not Toronto subways, but the road of life. With God as the director, this is the guide and the spirit of God living in me. And we're on go. Destination, heaven. Guaranteed. Why? Because I repented, I believed, and my life proves it by change. Oh, not perfect, but I'm in process of becoming like Christ more every single day. Which son or daughter are you? You made a profession or you never followed it up. Or maybe you said no and you're here this morning, you don't even want to think, or in VR, you don't even think about the past and the junk you've been through and you wish for all your might you could turn the clock back. You can't. But you can start again. And God has left the door open for you. In fact, he stands at the door of your heart this morning. But you have to answer it. You have to invite him in. Who can enter the kingdom of God? The answer is anyone. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that heaven is going to be totally populated by repentant and obedient sinners. You cannot earn your salvation. And God is the only one who makes that call. If you submit to the truth and authority of His Word, you will live with a greater eternal mindset and impact more lives on earth. Don't be discouraged by your past. God wants you now. 
Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Many times people think of God as an old, mean judge, just looking for opportunities to be mad at us. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners that while our Lord is a just God, He is truly kind to us. If there is one theme of God that is highlighted more than any other throughout the Bible, it's His love. The Lord has repeatedly shown His loving kindness to all of mankind, way more than we deserve, You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.